Welcome to episode 170 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Shanghai Disneyland. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us on our website at tdrexplorer.com, over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all those places, all under TDR Explorer. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor of TDR Explorer, and I am the one eating all the seasonal food and also the soaring food <laughs> at Tokyo Disney. And joining as always is my beautiful co-host Patricia. Hey Chris, um, I'm Trish. I take photos at the park. Um, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Dream Sweets Love. And I am the one taking all of my family and friends to ride soaring which has a very 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 long queue but a very beautiful queue um which we're gonna talk about maybe pretty soon and it's a really amazing attraction but everyone wants to go right now because it's brand new and it's very crowded because it's summer oh yeah <laughs> can't forget can't forget the summer vacation right no, yeah, you can't. And, and of course, you know, summer vacation is going to be coming to a close soon. So everybody's trying to do um, everything that they can before it ends. All the kids are off on their adventures. The adults are also uh, off finding things to do. So everybody um, is in the parks and, and everybody is excited about this new attraction, which is the first time, um, you know, for Japan to have, well, because I guess it would be the first time. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Asia, but it's not because it's in Shanghai. Um, but we have some original Japan scenes and stuff here, which is cool. Which is really nice, yeah. yeah. And also with um, the summer, like August, we don't recommend visiting in August because it is hot. scorching hot. Yeah. And it's busy. Yeah. Ridiculously busy because everyone's off of school. <laughs> And also we have, was it, um, Obon week is coming up right away? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it's now, Obon. Is it now? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See how much I pay attention. No, man, you don't have to, you know, you know, it's, yeah, no, it's Obon. Yeah, everybody's traveling. But you know what's good about that is that Tokyo kind of clears out. So for the people that are visiting now, um, it's actually not too terrible in the city. Yeah. Parks are a different story. Yeah. <laughs> and even the um, even the uh, annual pass holders were blocked out for a couple days. I think we can be grateful for well. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw uh, those people uh, taking screenshots of, um, of the wait times. Yeah. And um, they were just showing, like, they're, they're mainly focusing on the greetings. Yeah. And the greetings seem to have slightly lower wait times. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, the uh, attractions, there, I didn't really notice much of a difference, but the greetings, it looked like the wait times were just like a little bit lower. Like instead of an hour, it was 40 minutes, which I guess kind of makes sense. Annual pass holders 
we don't really do the attractions as much as day ticket people. Yeah, and the attractions mm-hmm. are different that annual pass holders do. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of interesting how these uh, the blackout dates are affecting uh, crowds a little bit. Yeah, I guess for greetings, but you know, this is it, it wasn't a uh, scientific research by any stretch of the imagination. It's just what I saw on Twitter. So (laughs) take what I say with a grain of salt. You know, we've always seen this whenever it's um, times of the year when either like, for example, when it's like the student days, when all the students are there after the tests or like the big tourist holidays, like Golden Week or or like Obon, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The patterns do change. Like, for example, it's really weird. You know, we always tell people, oh, 20,000 leagues has a super uh, short wait time. Until it's student days or until it's like um, holidays like this where the wait time shoots up all of a sudden to like this insane time. And you're like, what is this? What's what is wrong? What is this? Why is this so high? And it's because um, people are are interested in different attractions. And then people with families tend to ride, you know, 20,000 leagues because it's slower and it's not like a thrill ride. So that wait time tends to jump up, jump up around that time on this time, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I noticed that. It was like 100 minutes or something. Yeah, it gets up there. It's like craziness. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. And I think Soaring was like, what, two between 200 and 240? It's actually, like it hasn't been, t- this, you know, this past couple of days might have changed. But before this weekend, it actually wasn't too, too bad. It was around the two-hour mark, so like around 120 minutes for the most part but this weekend um i guess because everybody is traveling for obon um yeah it's it's shot up it's shot up and it's also shut up um at a uh, mori uh, mori art museum because uh we had a friend who was traveling and she went to go over there and she said that that she had gone like on um like a friday and then the next day saturday all of a sudden the wait times jumped to like two hour wait times to get into the museum. So it, these like attraction areas, um, all of a sudden you see these massive jumps and probably after Obon, it'll go back to about two hours again. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, so uh, <laughs> before before we actually start talking about soaring, uh, we'll just talk about our Patreon very quickly. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash now. And we have different uh, little rewards on there and perks for supporting us there and one of our popular ones is the five dollar level where we'll give you a shout out at the end of each episode while you're contributing that five dollars or more and you also help out with the show or help support the show so if you want to support us you can head on over to patreon.com slash tdr now all right so let's talk about soaring (laughs) it's so good oh my goodness so soaring fantastic flight well I i know the first thing everyone's always going to ask, is it the same as the other ones? And the answer is only for the movie. And that's part of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything else is different. I, I would say, again, like attractions like Tower of Terror or like attractions like Journey or in the in the U.S., um, you could say uh, the Flight of, of Passage. The queue is um, just as much a part of the attraction, I would say. Oh, yeah. So in that case, it's it's quite different, right? The, the story is different as well, the backstory. It has a, a SCA connection, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have that that lovely connection. And, um, well, I'll, I'll just read up, the, read up the synopsis really quick. Okay. I like story. 
Um, so Soaring Fantastic Fight is located in the Fantastic Fight Museum in on the Mediterranean Harbor Hill. The new area celebrates the wonders of flight and the life of Camellia Felco, a woman passionate about flying and exploration. And guests, uh, you tour through the museum and visit a gallery honoring Camellia's achievements. And you'll also encounter Camellia's spirit and hear about her inventions. And then from there, you'll board Camellia's flying invention, the Dream Flyer, and fly through the power of imagination, or sorry, and through the power of imagination, travel into the future and around the world. And she's part of SEA. <laughs> there you go. So we, we've learned a whole bunch about a new SEA, not a new member, but like a member that maybe we didn't know so much about before. And, who, mm-hmm. you know, who knows who, who we'll learn about in the future. But she's very, very cool. I like her. Yeah, I, I like that we have another SEA member mm-hmm. that's in Disney Sea. Yeah. So now we have we have one there. And then we also have Harrison Hightower at the Tower of Terror. They're paying more attention to the story and the detail in that sense. Yeah, they're kind of like growing that world. And, you know, the more it continues to grow um, as, as like the attractions are connected and the stories are connected, I feel like if they, I mean, it's, I don't know if it would ever be like a real possibility, but I would love for Disney to make like an SEA, like an adventure movie. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah, I wonder if they would do something like that in the future. That would be so cool. It really would be, actually. <laughs> I guess, like, we can talk about the queue yeah. for Soaring. Absolutely. So, oh my goodness, this queue is ridiculously good. <laughs> I mean, this is Disney Sea uh, like, quality level, right? It's um, every, every detail was considered, this is like the standard, right? Every, everywhere you look, every corner, every, like, from, like, the things that nobody cares about, like, let's say, like, the metal rail moldings to, like, the wallpaper and stuff, everything is, like, it looks really nice and expensive and detailed, you know, everything. And then you get into the rooms, and and so, okay, so it's a museum, right? I guess we should start there. Mm. And you walk into the lobby of the museum, you have your check-in desk, with the little book to sign in and you have your little pamphlets and I kind of wish they had given out pamphlets or they sell would sell the pamphlet or something in the future like maybe like in a clear file or something you know they have like the museum pamphlet and everything um and that's the check-in room right and before that I guess we should talk about the outer queue have I jumped ahead too much Well, the outer queue, um, I don't know, it's outside. It's outside. <laughs> but um, but the, the show building itself is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it fits perfectly with uh, the theming of Mediterranean Harbor. Like it, it looks like it was always there. It really does. It does. And while you're waiting in the outer queue, like before you head in the building, they have all these different people who are important to the history of aviation. And I think it's it's kind of clever, right? Because like maybe we know like some of them, like we all know like Leonardo da Vinci, but um, there are some other figures that you might not be as familiar with and, and everybody has smartphones today. So you could look it up while you're waiting in line, go, oh, hey, this is this person. And, oh, they did this. And you can, um, you, it's like edutainment. <laughs> you can learn about stuff while you're in line, which is fun and talk with your family and friends about that, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's just there's just so much detail and everything that um, even though the wait time is two hours, 
there is more than enough to keep you busy when you're in the queue itself, uh-huh. just soaking in all that detail and um, especially all the hidden Mickeys. And let me tell you, my son went on the first day, <laughs> mm-hmm. the little maniac. He was in line for six hours. And <laughs> he found a ton of hidden Mickeys. Him and this guy next to him were like on a hidden Mickey hunt. And he kept sending me pictures and pictures and pictures of hidden Mickeys. And there's lots of different kinds of hidden Mickeys. There's like the standard kind was just like Mickey's head. But there's also like full bodied hidden Mickeys and like different like objects that are like in the shape of Mickey in the background. So you have to really um, look and, and you can have a lot of fun doing that as well. Well, um, like when you and I went, we went for the, the media preview. So we really didn't have time to really look for the Mickeys. Yeah, we didn't have time. So um, I, I'm going to take some friends, some some cute little kiddos this week. And um, we can mm-hmm. go look together while we're in, in line. Hopefully not a four-hour line, but we'll see. Oh, my goodness. I, well, I hope it's not four hours. I really hope like it's two, not four hours. Two's okay. Like, two's bearable. Two's bearable. We can but do two. Anything more than that, it's kind of like, ugh, I don't know. Why don't we talk about the, the fast pass situation with this? Oh, should we? Because I know a lot of people are going to ask about that for sure. Should we finish the, the queue first or? Oh, did we? We didn't finish. Oh, no, we didn't. We did it. We missed the coolest part. <laughs> I jumped ahead too much. We, we, we only ahead. got to like the check-in lobby area. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. When you're kind of separated into the two. Uh-huh. Um, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Once you get into like where they separate you, I guess. And you go to like the main into the two theaters. Oh, yeah! You go into like that main room with like the big pillar and all these Mm -hmm. really like silly and kind of cool. How do you say like like artworks depicting flight like from different countries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like there's China, there's Japan, of course. Um, I I believe like Italy's in there. I think Italy's for sure in there because they have um, a pizza delivery by hot air balloon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they're all really ridiculous and, and really fun at the same time. Yeah, that room is something else. It's gorgeous. It is really, really gorgeous. They, you know, they definitely, like, the Imagineers definitely went all out with this, mm-hmm. and it definitely shows. I'm happy with it. I really am. It's really great. Um, if you're there, take, take uh, enjoy that time, because um, it's really a pleasure to look through. And, you know, I am one of those people that hates the rooms where you're kind of winding around the center. Um, but in this room, because there's so much to look at, it really does kind of work. And then even the pillar, I like that there's a centerpiece because a lot of times when you're in that winding um, queue inside one room, and like a circular queue, um, there's nothing in the middle. And in this case, there is the pillar and each um, side of the pillar has like a different like uh, word in Italian, like exploration or like imagination or things like that. So you can kind of like see like the different points that they focus on around the pillar as well, which is kind of neat. Mm. And then the next room um, is also really cool. And this one is like um, not as not as silly, not as jokey. You have like these really beautiful like butterflies and like um, like a, how do you say like different um, like color palettes and um, like they're framed on the wall. And on one side of the wall, you have this painting of Amelia Falco and this um, bust of a falcon and um, something kind of magical happens. Yeah, we don't want to give it away in case um, someone's listening and they're going and they don't want it ruined. But let's just say it's pretty cool. It's really, really cool. It's very well done. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like pre-show one of two. Mm -hmm. 
And that's kind of like your introduction <laughs> to the story yeah. of the attraction. And well, unfortunately, it's only in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you just read our website, you, you kind of get the gist of it. The the murals or paintings on the walls and all this and like artifacts and stuff are just again the detail that went into this stuff is just phenomenal just the amount the amount of work and dedication that went into this is again disney sea level and this is something that yeah it's like i i, I wouldn't expect anything less for disney sea and there's another room <laughs> yep and then we have like the actual i guess like where you line up in the three rows yeah like this one, two, three, yeah. And then we have a safety video. Of course. You need your safety video. Which is which is not the you know, the funny one that you get for the soaring. Uh-huh. Soaring in the, the US parks. Um, this one's very elegant and also very cool at the same time. Yeah. And again, another beautiful room. In this room, like you have like the kind of like paintings along the, the top of the walls all around, including one depicting Disney Sea. So look out for that. Yeah, like like Chris said, the the video, the safety video is actually really, really kind of pretty and cool. So you know, en- enjoy it, check it out. And then once you're actually on the attraction, everything from there is very familiar. But even when um, you board the attraction, it's beautiful. You're not boarding like this metal frame. You're boarding the Dream Flyer. They actually gave it a name, and it looks it looks like they they can even sell, they actually sell toys of it because it's so pretty and um. The room, this, this blew my mind because, you know, in every other version of this attraction, it's just, you know, what it needs to be, right? Because the, the actual attraction itself is the magic, but you have like, of course, the massive screen, but then you have decorations all around you. You have um, pillars with your little street lights. You have the attraction vehicle itself, which looks lovely. You have right where the theater screen is, you have like a little um, kind of like a lovely fence. It, everything, everything is so, so beautiful. I cannot get over every little detail in this attraction and I am in love with it. And even the little the little height indicator. Yes, it's a little feather. It's so pretty. It's a little feather. It's so <laughs> cute. And then as for uh, the movie itself, if you've been on the other Sorns, the movie is the same mm-hmm. for most of it. Whereas the ending is Tokyo specific, and when I saw it, I was like all misty eyed and everything. <laughs> My son said he and his friends cried. After writing it, because they loved it so much. The ending is just, yeah, it's specific to Tokyo, and you can probably guess without us telling you what it shows and where it ends. You can probably guess. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's a little obvious, but they did such a good job of it. I guess like the one thing they did take out of this one though is um, there's no Paris scene. Yeah. We yeah, Tokyo doesn't have the Paris scene, but everything else is in there. Mm-hmm. It's like Mount Mount Kilimanjaro and. Um, uh, the Taj Mahal and the other places. <laughs> Those are all in there. Yeah, and then that's the attraction. That's that's soaring. Um, I guess like even the even the exit. There's murals. Yeah, there is. They're beautiful. You have the these exit. little birds flying by at first that you see, and then you get out, and then you see all these little um, like uh, photographs, right? And then at the end, like the last. Uh, like exit area, the exit, you have this beautiful big mural on the wall. And it's, it's incredible. I, from start to finish, this attraction is 
top notch. Like when they when they first announced, oh, we're getting Soren or Soren at Disney Sea, I was kind of thinking, oh, we're just getting a clone, and I'm so glad I was wrong. I like Soaring. I really like Soaring. <laughs> Even like all of them. I love all the Soaring. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's 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 not that I don't like the like Soaring the attraction no, itself and the other parts. It was more just like, oh, we're just getting a, a clone. Yeah. But yeah. Thankfully that wasn't the case. It's true. Completely. Yeah. If 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 any of the Imagineers are listening, you did a really good job and Make sure you let the other Imagineers know. Make sure you pass this podcast around <laughs> the office or wherever you are and let them know. Send them the link. Uh, just let everybody know you did such an amazing job. Well, like, bravo. It's fantastic. Like, when when Flight. people give the Imagineers something to work with, when they give them a budget, they make amazing things. So give the Imagineers a budget. Let them do their thing. Don't restrict them. <laughs> okay? You know? Mm-hmm. We should probably talk about the fast passes. Okay. I have not tried really this yet, thing. and I'm kind of dreading it, and I'm kind of excited about it. So you've tried it, right? Mm-hmm. How does it work? So I guess, well, I guess to like uh, preface this, uh, we, digital fast passes have launched for Tokyo Disney Resort. And really quickly about those, uh, we should probably do a full episode on this. Yeah, I think so. Um, so there's digital fast passes. And they're included with your day ticket. And you can reserve Fast Passes on the official Tokyo Disney Resort app. The only issue is the app is only in Japanese. And if you're using an iPhone, it's only available in the Japanese iTunes store. Oh. Which means you have to make a Japanese iTunes account. And I won't go into details on how to do that because, uh, again, there'll be a full episode in itself. Um that's the only way to do the digital fast passes. We don't know when they're going to do a English version. No idea. They're not saying anything. And same thing goes for the Android version in the Google Play Store. You have to have a Japanese Google Play account. So, yeah. I didn't know that. So if you go to overseas, your account doesn't automatically change to, like, the Japan account? No. Oh. It does not. Oh, no. So, and, but there's also, you can still do the, the regular fast passes by going to the fast pass machines yeah. and you get a, and you get a return time, but you're at a major disadvantage because yes. since this started fast pass, literally you guys literally is over within 10 minutes of park opening. Yeah. And it's not like Walt Disney world where you do them in advance. Mm-mm. It's only once you're, once you're scanned into the park with your ticket. Yeah. So people are on this. I am. Let uh, me tell you, I am impressed at how quickly people pick this up because I feel like, for example, like with Disney World, when Fast Pass Plus launched, there was like a little bit of a learning curve. But this man, there was no curve. People picked it up right away and they were using it. So it's it's tough. It's tough because there's... um. Like you said, people know what they're doing, and you're up against mm-hmm. everybody else as soon as the park opens. So it's tough. Well, and for the digital fast passes, they're definitely not as complicated as Walt Disney World. If you've used the Max Pass at Disneyland Resort in California, mm-hmm. it's very similar to that. Okay. Except that it's except you don't pay for it; it's included in your day ticket, so it's essentially free, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it's pretty easy to pick up and learn because it's pretty straightforward. You just tap on the attraction wait time. You see FastPass, you tap that. It asks you to scan your tickets, scan it, and then you get, um, like you create a FastPass party and then you can get your FastPasses. Okay. But um, I guess for soaring itself, in terms of like a strategy, you kind of have to s- decide what you're going to do because, mm-hmm. you know, our like the uh, old tried and tested strategy was if you're doing Toy Story, you do that first and then do Tower of Terror. Or if you weren't doing that, get a fast pass for Tower of Terror and then go and do Journey to the Center of the Earth. Now you kind of have to decide if you're doing Toy Story or if you're doing Soaring. Uh, most people are probably going to go for Soaring first. Mm-hmm. And that's on the other, like, opposite side of the park from Toy Story. Right. Like, they're they're not close to each other. <laughs> so, kind of the, the strategy now is go and, if you can get a Fast Pass, get one for Soaring, which, at this point, you probably won't be able to, unless you have the digital. You're not going to be able um, to. It's It just goes way no. too fast. Unless you're, like, you know, 15-minute early entering, you're, like right there when it opens but if you're doing 15 minute early entry you'll just wait to go into standby anyway right so probably do standby or do standby first check the wait time and then um then go do journey or like get a fast pass for journey or get the the fast pass for journey first because it's really like it's right there and then go do standby for soaring kind of depends on the day and like what you actually want to do like yeah it kind of it changes the changes how the day starts it really changes how the, it it's funny because people online were joking that before when the park would open everyone would run and now when the park opens everyone stops and is doing the digital fast pass <laughs> so it's kind of really interesting our plan mm-hmm. what we were thinking of trying for this week was to get the kids to go to Toy Story while someone does the fast pass for soaring so we can multitask okay. it. Kind of like split. Yeah, yeah, like divide and conquer. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, I'm going to have to try a couple strategies and see what works and what doesn't. But because, it's yeah, hard like, because if you're visiting from another country, you can't use the digital fast pass. I know, it just makes it super complicated because... I know there's some people out there that are listening that will go through the trouble of downloading the, like making a Japanese iTunes account, getting the, the app and figuring out how to work. How do like you ha- do that? I everything. don't even know how you would do that. I won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will definitely do another episode all about that to talk about it. I'm going to have to write like two like different strategies, like one if you have the app, one if you don't. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to do Toy Story or if you want to do Soaring. Do Soaring. I mean, I love Toy Story, but Toy Story is everywhere, you know, and it's, they're both fun. Gosh darn it. Do Soaring. (laughs) Um, The the queue is much more interesting, I feel. Like if you had to choose one, I would do Soaring. Or do an extra day at Disney Sea because that's always fun. I mean, there you go. The song's everything, right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, we oh we didn't talk about the the food, the limited time food. We have to talk about the food. Um, it's very blue. Yes, very <laughs> blue. So they have the was it the uh, pineapple churro? Okay, so if you got if anybody listening is from Latin America or Miami or maybe California or, or New York because we I know New York has a lot of Puerto Ricans. There's a drink called jupina. Um, we call it pinita, and um, it tastes exactly like that. Never would have guessed. It is 
It's so good. It's okay. got like this bright blue sugar. Um, so mm. very, I guess, Instagrammy. Yeah. So and I mean, it's a churro. It's fine. Whatever. I know you don't like churros. <laughs> No, not really. Um, but it's fun. Um, it's it's pretty. What I did like though was the the lychee sparkling tapioca drink. Yeah, especially for summer. That one was really good. It is. Mm-hmm. And the packaging is cute. Yeah, you you get like the, the soaring design on both of those. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it for soaring food. Like that, they don't really have too much. And then of course there's all there's all the merchandise as well. My son found a secret. What's that? Okay, so you know blind boxes. I hate them. <laughs> um, but if you want the dream flyer from Soaring, here's a tip. This is your, your tip of the podcast. It's the lightest box. It's um, it's almost weightless compared to the other boxes, and that's the dream flyer. So if you need, if you want the dream flyer, that's how you can get it from the blind boxes. Oh, good tip. Yeah. My, my son is on the case, man. He's like, this is what you do, mom. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Apparently, he's geez. been going a lot. He's become a little Disney nerd somehow. I'm like, how did this happen? You were totally against going to Disney a couple of years ago. And now he's like super into it. Um, you know, it's really <laughs> cool too. This is like, it's such a lame souvenir, but actually the case is super, super nice. Um, you, mm-hmm. you know those little candies, the hard candies yeah. that come in the metal case? Yeah, yeah. And so the metal case looks like just like a normal metal case that has like the same kind of like really the you know the soaring design with like the, the little aircraft on the outside and everything, right? But then you yeah. open it and it's this beautiful sky inside. Oh. Yeah, surprise. Never would have thought of that. Exactly. So everybody was like kind of impressed about that and everybody was kind of tweeting about it on Twitter. Um other things, everything. My son went nuts cuz he absolutely loves his attraction he got the t-shirt he got the cap he got the mickey the popcorn bucket he went too crazy i don't know what else he bought a few other things the postcard and a few other things i think the cap Hmm. um but it's all really nicely designed merch actually oh it is yeah i like i got the the opening day pin i bought a bandana and i bought some stationery (gasps) was it the one that you can make little paper airplanes out of Mm-hmm. So cute. I bought those. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure when this, how long this stuff would be available for, so I decided I'd just get it right away. I feel like those little um, airplane memos would have been perfect when you were like in elementary school and you wanted to pass notes to your friends. You could just like send a little paper airplane their way. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So overall, Soaring Fantastic Flight is fantastic. I can't disagree, man. I love it. Imagineers did a wonderful job, and it's just, it fits perfectly in Disney's scene. I couldn't be happier with it, to be quite honest. I'm happy that I don't have to get on an airplane and fly 16 hours to do the one back home. (laughs) Not anymore. Not anymore. Tokyo has the best version. I, well, okay. So here's the thing with that. I think it has the best version of all of them out right now, but I still really, really, really like the cinematography from the California one. Don't kill me. Mm. I love it. I love, I love how they cut it. I love the movie for that one. But I also love this one, but I just feel that one was slightly, slightly better edited. But I still like this one a lot. I love it. Fair enough. (laughs) So before we go, we have to thank some uh, explorers for supporting us on Patreon with the $5 or more. Uh, So I'll start. (laughs) Seems like I always start, so. 
It's easier that way. Um, so big thank you to Acro Disney Girl, Amanda, Amy B, Amy C, Mama Explorer, Benjamin, Brent, M, Carrie, Claire, Claudia, Dave, David, Emily, and we have a new person, Baker. Hey, Baker. We also have Jamie and Jose. We have Kathy, Lee, Marie H, and Michael, and Murray. When I see Murray's name, because it's it's spelled like M-U-R-R-A-Y, I think of like a Murray eel. But I think that's spelled differently. But still, I yeah. found, I think of him as like a cute little eel swimming at Disney Sea. Um, <laughs> there's also Sophie and Spoopy. There's Stephanie and Thomas, and of course Tomoko, Kay, Alex, and Alexandra. Thanks, so guys. Thank you too. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support us, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash TDR now. All right, so that does it for this episode. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you have any questions or suggestions for us, you can send them to contact at tdrexplore.com. And you can find us on our website at tdrexplore.com and on social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, all under tdrexplore. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the Chief Content Editor for TDR Explorer. And I am the one that's going to be having another lychee, sparkling, soaring, fantastic fight joint. <laughs> and joining, as always, is the beautiful Patricia. I am the one that is going to be leading the children on an adventure at Disney Sea this week. Wish me luck. It's going to be hot. And there's going to be a lot of lines, but we can do it. <laughs> And for all of you guys, um, I hope you enjoy your summer um, holidays and keep exploring as well.